Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 169 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you from Marlins Park in Miami, where later today the Brewers and Marlins will complete a four-game series. The Brewers have won the first three games of this series, and the Brewers are surging. They've won six in a row. They've won their last five road contests, and they've picked up five games on the Chicago Cubs in less than a week. A week ago... A Friday, the Cubs beat the Brewers at Miller Park and had a five-game lead in the NL wildcard for that second spot. The Brewers have made it all up. These two teams tied now in the standings coming into Thursday's action. Pretty impressive stuff from the crew. They are 77-68, and 68, nine games above 500. A win later today against the Marlins would get them to the high-water mark of the season of 10. The last time they were there at 10 games above 500 was on June the 13th. Of course, there was some tough news this week, and when I say tough news, I mean very tough news, and that was, of course, Christian Yelich going down with the injury on Tuesday night in Miami. He fouled a pitch in his first at-bat in the first inning off of his right kneecap. He suffered a fracture of that kneecap, And the actual prognosis in terms of long-term still yet to be officially announced by the Brewers. He did fly back to Milwaukee on Wednesday to get further evaluation from the Brewers' team doctors. But Yelich is going to be out, we know this much, for the rest of the season. So tough news there. Yelich, of course, another MVP caliber season. Ends with 44 home runs, 96 driven in. He had 30 stolen bases. Had another great batting average amongst the league leaders in almost every offensive category. Another MVP quality season from Christian Yelich. It really is a shame that the season ends the way that it does for Christian, but he will be back and he will be better than ever because that's who he is and that's how he operates. Well, we told you the Brewers, though, surging anyway, even with losing Yelich in the first inning of Tuesday's game. They go on and win that contest. By one run, they win it 4-3, to three, pushing across a run in the top of the ninth inning and holding on to win it, and then doing the same thing on Wednesday, getting a couple of runs on a two-run blast by Mike Moustakis on Wednesday in the ninth inning to break a 5-5 tie. Big day for Moustakis on Wednesday, two home runs, five driven in on his birthday. By the way, Monday, Trent Grisham, big time, five for six. That ties Keon Broxton for the most hits in a game. For a Brewers rookie. Also, there is some good news on the injury front as well. That is Keston Hira, activated from the injured list on Wednesday, should be available to play in the field as early as the coming homestand and will be available for some at-bats either here in Miami or potentially over the weekend in St. Louis. Meanwhile, Brandon Woodruff threw a simulated game on Wednesday afternoon in Miami, and he felt good after 40 pitches. He's on track to potentially be activated in the coming days. And Manny Pena, who is not on the injured list but has been out in the concussion protocol, should be able to return hopefully in St. Louis against the Cardinals as well. Big series coming up with the Cardinals four games out of first in the NL Central. And yes, it's getting late. Yes, your margin for error isn't much, but 
you go have a good series in St. Louis, the Cardinals and Cubs play each other seven times down the stretch. There is an opportunity for the Brewers not just to win that wild card, but to get into this conversation for the NL Central before it is all said and done. Here's what we have for you on Brewers on Tap this week. We're going to talk to Brewers bullpen coach Steve Carse. He was on the mound on September 21st of 2001, 10 days after 9-11, baseball back in New York. He gives up a home run to Mike Piazza. Shea Stadium goes crazy. We're going to talk to him about that experience and what his perspective of it is now versus when it happened at the time when the Braves and the Mets were in the midst of a big divisional battle in the NL East. So we'll talk to Steve Carse. We're also going to talk to Tyrone Taylor, who got called up uh, last week to the Brewers and exciting stuff for Tyrone Taylor. He thought his season was over. He was interviewing at FedEx for an offseason job. Then he gets the call to the big leagues. He makes his debut. He gets hit by a pitch in his first at bat. And then the next time he comes to the plate, he drives in a run and collects his first big league hit. We're going to talk to him about that experience as well. Plus, we will check in on the farm, that Southern League Championship Series going on in Biloxi, and we'll give you the latest on what's happening with that, and we'll take a look at the upcoming homestand. That is all coming up on Brewers on Tap. Let's break it down with Steve Carson. Let's break it down. Steve, this is a, a day that everybody thinks back upon. They remember where they were on 9-11. And for you, uh, September 21st is a pretty significant date. You were on the mound in New York. You're a Long Island guy. And obviously give up a home run to Mike Piazza, which is not what you wanted to do. But at the same time, a really big healing moment for the city of New York and for baseball. Yeah, it really was. Uh, you know, when when you're in the mix and, and, and you're going for a division championship, you know, we, we started that back in, in New York and on the 21st of September, started three and a half games up, and we knew it was an important series. Uh, you know, a lot of emotions going on, uh, a lot of things prior to the game. Uh, you know, giving up that home run, it's not, you know, how you draw it up and not really what you want to do, but at that particular time, you know, uh, you know when Mike hit the home run and, and, and you just felt like uh, Shea Stadium at the time just kind of erupted and kind of let a big pressure of what had happened during that kind of take a little bit of take a little bit of time away from the thought process of, of the 9/11 attacks and, and get it a little bit back more on baseball and the enjoyment of what you want to give to everyday people when they come to the stadium to, to watch you play and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out for me and the Atlanta Braves that night. But uh, you know, it worked out for you know a country and and a lot of people who you know had a little bit of joy in that at that moment. Do you look back on that moment differently now than you did in the immediacy of it when you're disappointed you gave up the home run? But now there's a little bit more perspective in what it all meant. There's a whole lot more perspective in in what's what it transpired during that time. Uh, in the moment. You know, you, you feel like you have a job to do. You're a competitor. You want to go out there. You compete. You want to win. Uh, looking back now, you know, who knows what else would have transpired if Mike would have popped that pitch up and we would have went on to win the game. But I think there was a higher power that was taking care of business on that day. And, uh, you know, it happened. We moved on from that. And, you know, we ended up winning the division. So all in all, uh, I, I think it was just one of those moments that, 
you, you can't predict. And, and like I said, there was a higher power that took over that was going to make everything at least feel okay at that time. Steve, I think we all remember what it was like in the aftermath of 9-11 and the uncertainty of everything. Everything was going to be different. We weren't sure what normal things that we took for granted before were going to be like moving forward after. And there was a lot of uncertainty from a baseball perspective. Take me through what that was like. How did you continue to throw and keep yourself ready to go, not really knowing when baseball was going to resume? Yeah, very, very much so uncertainty. Uh, I mean, not just obviously with our team when I was with Atlanta, but with everybody around the league, right? Uh, you know, we, we happened just to be at home um, and getting ready to, to, to leave to go on the road trip um, before that had happened. So we had the luxury of being able to go to the ballpark, play some catch, get into some maybe, you know, uh, small, small, you know, inter-squad games and, and throw to some hitters. Uh, I know as for some other teams who were on the road, there were no planes obviously being transported in the air at that time. So a lot of these teams had to find ways home. They had to bus and go there. So they were a little bit more disrupted, uh, I guess, as far as trying to get to workouts and throwing and, and things like that. But we did the best we could at the time. Uh, we spent those, you know, whatever, eight, nine days uh, before we had heard that we were going to resume uh, the game the games in Philadelphia uh, you know I think it was like four or five five days later we ended up going to Philadelphia playing a series there before going to New York on September 21st and, and playing the first game back. Steve Carsey is our guest here. Steve let's transition a little bit to talking about this 2019 Brewers Club and the contributions you're getting right now from the bullpen it's it's really been a big key to the run this team is on right now and it goes beyond Josh Hader you're talking about guys like Ray Black that are really stepping up for you. Yeah, you know, it, it, it takes everybody down in the pen. I, I, you know, I know we've expanded our rosters and we have, you know, 13 or 14 guys down there. But uh, leading up to the expansion of the rosters at the end of uh, August, uh, you know, I, I think these guys had an understanding of, you know, what their job was, what it was going to take, how important they were going to be to us, you know, winning games and, and uh, pitching in high leverage situations. Uh, you know, it's we, we kid a little bit down there, but... Uh, we feel like we're, we're extremely prepared. We've played a lot of close games, a lot of one-run games. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys have pitched in high-leverage situations on a daily basis. So, you know, when the, when the phone rings and, and and they're called upon, they're prepared, they're ready, they understand. You know, uh, what they're going to have to do is a big part, especially down these last uh, you know 17 or 18 games that we're going to have to play. September baseball is a little different too. Or do you find yourself counting? heads at times to make sure you got everybody with you down there and and also the starters they're a little quicker hook with starting pitching in September which makes it different guys have to be ready to come in in the third or fourth inning sometimes no doubt uh you know again uh the preparation that these guys put in on a daily basis the communication that we have between you know you know Chris Hook Counts myself uh letting the guys know you know when they need to start preparing down in the bullpen in case, you know, it's a shorter hook for the, for the starting pitcher, obviously, especially the third time through the lineup, uh, you know. Uh, but, but they have an understanding. They've been around it. They've, they know how counts works. Uh, they know this is September baseball, and, and what we need to do uh, is do our job when we're called upon to go in the game, whether it's the fourth inning or the ninth inning. Steve, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Lane. Thanks to Steve Carsey for sharing uh, those stories with us. Certainly a, a very interesting and, 
and uh, incredible perspective on what was a tragic event with 9-11, as we all know, and the 18th anniversary of that uh, on Wednesday. But um, the healing process and the role that baseball played in it, always interesting to get that perspective and certainly a unique one from Steve Carsey. By the way, the bullpen has been pitching really well. You heard us allude to that in the conversation. Josh Hader's not allowed a run in his last eight appearances, 10 and a third now. Three hits and 18 Ks in that stretch. He has 30 saves on the year. Josh Hader is back to being Josh Hader again. It's good to see. And Brent Suter, what a weapon he's become for the Brewers in the pen. He picked up his second win of the year on Wednesday. He threw three scoreless innings in Miami, and he's allowed just one run in nine and third innings so far. All right, let's catch up with the crew and talk to Tyrone Taylor. Time to catch up with the crew. And we're joined by Brewers outfielder Tyrone Taylor. What a couple of weeks it's been for you. Uh, you had a great finish to the second half once you got healthy in AAA. Had to feel good to finish the season the way you did. Uh, yeah, you know, everybody always talks about uh, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And I'm glad I got to uh, regain my mental state and uh, finish strong. You had such a good spring training where you really made an impression after a strong season last year, but then you dealt with some injuries over the course of this year. Was it frustrating at times? Uh, yeah, it's always frustrating when you're hurt because you want to be on the field, but um, it's, part, it's part of the process, and uh, I'm just glad that I was able to recover and get all my, done, get all my work done in rehab, and um, I'm glad to be here now. You've had a couple of impressive plate appearances so far. You get hit by a pitch in your first plate appearance as you're making your debut. What an exciting moment to be a part of, though, at the end of that game, and then, of course, um, didn't waste much time on Sunday, your first base hit, and you drive and run along with it. Have you soaked that all in yet? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, when I go out there, it's just it's just baseball to me, and I, I try to keep it that way. Yeah, I feel this excitement because you have the big crowd. I've never played in front of that many people before, and uh, just uh, I just try to lock it in up there and uh, go and do my regular thing. and. I'm just glad that I got to share that moment with my family. They were in the sand, so that was awesome. And uh, to be able to clutch up for the team like that and one of my first couple ABs was really exciting. And I showed some emotion coming down the line because I felt, I felt it. I didn't know what to do with it, so I just screamed, let's go, to the guys in the dugout. And uh, it was just an amazing moment, and uh, it was really fun. You, of course, um, with the missions, and so many of those guys are up here now. Um, plus, you're a part of things in spring training in the Major League locker room with all these guys. How much does that help you kind of just settle in right away and, and get comfortable? It helps a lot. Um, to me, uh, coming up in the system, each time I got called up, uh, feeling comfortable was the most important thing for me. So making that adjustment with the people around me and uh, knowing that I have these guys that I've been playing with already and uh, uh, how welcoming the guys that I haven't played with yet have been. Uh, it's been it's been a cool it's been a cool experience, and I uh, hope to keep it going. All right, there was a lot of talk that you know right before you got called up here in September, you interviewed for a job with FedEx, and you hadn't heard back yet. There's some new news on that front. Yeah, I was a little worried this weekend because that's when they said they'd get back to me <laughs> beforehand. But uh, yeah, I just got the call today that I got the job, and uh, the lady was actually really nice about it, and I'm thankful, and I'm thankful to be here, so we'll see what happens, see if I go work there after the 
season's over or what, I don't know yet, but I'm just going to take in this moment and take in every moment I have here and uh, just enjoy it. Leverage is a big deal in contract negotiations. You have a little bit now. <laughs> yeah, that's what, Bronny made a joke about that, but I'm going to stay away from all that. I'm just going to enjoy my time and uh, take in every moment here. Well, Tyrone, congratulations and have fun. Thank you. Appreciate you. Checking in on the farm. Well, as we check in on the farm, only one team in action currently for the Brewers affiliates, and that's the Biloxi Shuckers. They're in the Southern League Championship Series. They won the Southern League Division Championship Series from Pensacola. They won that in five games against the Blue Wahoos. Now they've turned their attention to the Southern League Championship Series. They fell in the Southern League Championship Series last year. They are tied at a game apiece with the Jackson Generals. The Shuckers won game one of that series in Biloxi and then allowed four runs in the ninth inning on Wednesday to end up losing that contest 6-2. to two. It was tough because Dylan File, who has pitched so well for the Shuckers all year long, he threw six scoreless in that one, but the Shuckers end up losing anyway. So still plenty to go in that Southern League Championship Series for Biloxi and Jackson as this year series shifts to Jackson now. And the Shuckers will try to steal one on the road. All right, let's see what's coming up on the homestand. Here's what's on tap. Well, the Brewers will return home after three games with St. Louis in St. Louis over the weekend. Next week, the Padres come to town September 16th. That's a 640 start. That is Monday night, and that is Hispanic Heritage Night. Join your Cerveceros Day Milwaukee for Hispanic Heritage Night as they kick off Hispanic Heritage Month. Fans will enjoy special scoreboard features, in-game music, and other entertainment throughout the game. And then on Tuesday night, that's another 640 start against the Padres. Wednesday at 640 against the Padres. And then Thursday, that's a 310 start against the San Diego Padres. And that's a kids and seniors discount day. Kids 14 and under and seniors 60 plus save 50% on their tickets. Then the Pirates come to town. Last tussle with Pittsburgh of the season. 7-10 start on Friday night. That is a student night. Saturday, 6-10 start. That is fan appreciation night. All ticketed fans receive a Brewers team photo and have the chance to win fabulous prizes throughout the game presented by Toyota. And then on Sunday, the final regular season home game of the year. That's a 1-10 start. Kids will run the bases presented by Aurora Healthcare. After the contest, all kids 14 and under can run those bases. And the first 10,000 ticketed fans will get that knit hat, nice little stocking cap to take with you into the offseason. Should be a lot of fun. We hope to see you out for the final regular season homestand of the year. Of course, we're hoping for plenty more games at Miller Park before it's all said and done. Brewers in the playoff hunt, and they are in playoff position right now as we speak. If the season ended today, the Brewers would be hosting the Cubs for a 163 that second wild card. Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you again next week from Miller Park. I'm Lane Grimmer.